This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. You got to wake up awfully early in the morning to slide one by old Jeff Saturday. We tried. It didn't work. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Thanks for joining the program. Carlin out. Jordan Ronan in his stead. I'm Joe Fortenball. It's great to have you with us. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Ronan, you're doing well today. You're holding up nicely. I I thought that uh, Saturday was going to poke us. There was a clip earlier this this year when Brian Dabo, I started listening, you know, he was trying to pretend like it was just another loss. They just lost by like 40 for like the third time in four games. <laughs> and so I started listing the uh, scores to Dabo and he was like, I get it, Jordan. I know the scores. <laughs> so Jeff said they did a bit. They, they, they went over it on get up one morning and Saturday was going. That's like when your mom yells at you. You could tell the way he said it. And he kept going, Jeff, Jordan, Jordan, <laughs> and saying it with the emphasis. So I still have that in my head. I thought he, I thought he was going to pull that out and start saying it to me. I get what you're saying, Jordan. He's a slick one. He knew what we were trying to angle for there. He did not fall into that trap. Aaron Rodgers, New York Jets quarterback for all the four plays this season, was on the Pat McAfee show earlier today. We got updates on everything. Remember, this was the big week. This was the big week where Rodgers could have been medically cleared to play for the New York Jets. He said he wanted to come back and play this season. Fortunately for the Jets, they lose 30 to nothing against Miami over the weekend, eliminating themselves from the playoff race. So let's start with this. While discussing his future, immediate future, this season, here's what Rodgers had to say on the Pat McAfee show. If I was 100% uh, today, um, I'd be definitely pushing to play. Um, but fact is I'm not I've been working hard to uh, to get closer to that but I'm still you know 14 weeks uh, tomorrow from my surgery and uh, you know being medically cleared uh, as 100 percent healed is just uh, not realistic at uh, at 14 weeks conjures up some images thoughts of the yes I have been immunized famous speech where it's like you're getting some words but you're wondering why the words are structured the the way they're structured using semantics i have been immunized it's like yeah okay moving on i'm not gonna ask follow up there so now all of a sudden we're talking about if he was a hundred percent he'd be coming back what do you make of it are we done are we done here with the all aaron Rodgers watch for 2023 it sure sounds like it i mean he made it sound like he wants to play, but they talked him out of how ridiculous it would be for him to play because their season is long over. They're, they've been done for weeks now. Uh, they're gearing up towards next year. I mean, that that's what it has to be. You have no choice considering the season that they've had without him. They didn't have any quarterback play. They were terrible. So they basically put the, the whole organization into Aaron Rodgers' hands, right? He has total control over everything. So now... He can figure out how are they going to be good next season. Let him put all his energy into next year, and we don't have to worry about him coming back this year and potentially tearing it again, which I think is what the medical community probably would think would happen. Or have, have a stronger chance of happening if he did come back this year than it, than it should have. It might be crazy, but it is possible to think, and I know that we feel that no one loves Aaron Rodgers more than Aaron Rodgers, but it's possible to think that mm-hmm. he did spend a good portion of time talking about how if the Jets are in this thing, he's going to try to make it back in an effort to motivate them, keep them focused, show them, look, guys, we can get enough wins. I'll come back and lead you. And then ultimately when we got to this situation late in the year where they've been eliminated and now everyone wants to see if he's going to be back, he's not going to push the play because he knows the risk playing behind that offensive line of further injury, thus jeopardizing 2024. So now you kind of, 
change the phrasing of it. Well, if I was 100%, I'd be back. But doctors haven't said I'm 100%. So, you know, doesn't look like I'm going to be coming back. And it's easy for some of us to jump out and say, oh, this guy's so full of it. He said he was going to play. Now he's not. He actually, case could be made, did the right thing in both situations. Tried to motivate his teammates, keep them positive, focus on the goal, realize the season's not over. But then when the season was over, tries to extract himself from the situation and doesn't put himself at risk, thus jeopardizing 2024. Am I giving him too much of the benefit of the doubt here? Yes. <laughs> I don't think I need to say anything else. Yes. Should, should we call in Dan Graziano? Graz is not going to agree with any of that. Where's Graziano? I just I like figure I'll take line, the though. position like he, of backing him up. <laughs> Yeah, I like his I like his uh, line. Though he set the world record for uh, you know sna- words per, to, per compared to snaps. Yeah, words said compared Word to, to snaps, snaps played. That's a fantastic line <laughs> because we got four snaps this year, but we've been hearing from him nonstop. It has been great content. Now, in the conversation with McAfee, he did go on to talk about whether or not twenty twenty four, meaning next year, would be his last season. I don't think so. You know, I, I felt like when I came here that I got kind of a renewed passion and love for the game and everything has been uh, amazing here just the people I've gotten to work with the relationships I've gotten to form with my teammates and the amazing men and women that work here at One Jet Drive has, has been really special um, I wanted you know at least two years I feel like this year is kind of a lost year now that I only played a couple snaps and wasn't able to go out there and, and uh, improve what I'm capable of and, and see uh, what we're capable of as a team um, I don't think that next year will be my last year feels so early to be talking about two years down the road rather than next year but here we are I mean He's contracts yeah, come into play coaching staffs come into play he will be in our hearts forever it's going to be odd when Brady and Rodgers are both out of the league right because we had so much with Brady for so long and then we have so much with Rodgers for so well, long which and one then- unretires yeah. <laughs> I mean Brady could probably play right now if he wanted so to I mean like Brady at like 50 he'll be like you know what I think I can still play. In his mind, without question. Without question. It's not a matter of physical. These guys growing. They don't even know how to not get their wide receivers killed. I know how to do that. <laughs> I mean, he. it's great that he says he wants to play another couple of years. That that. All right. Then the Jets can, if that's going to be true, they can plan their organizational philosophy around having Rodgers for the next two years. You can't bank on it, but you can at least consider it. But for next season. Robert Sala? Yeah, I mean, Joe this Douglas? is okay. So this yeah, is what get two more years now. This is what we need to start Nathaniel thinking about. Hackett? He comes back next year. How do you think this plays out? Do you bring Salah back? Do you bring Joe Douglas back? And then what are you going to do in the offseason? Because you got to get together and figure this thing out. Wasted season. Yes, but you can't dwell on this for the next eight months. You got to figure out how to build this team up and get ready to compete. Honestly, I think they're all tied together, though. They're not. They're just going to start over. They're not going to bring in a new head coach. They're not certainly not going to bring in a new offensive coordinator. Nathaniel Hackett's his guy. That's his friend. And on top of that, it's not even that, right? They could probably convince him, you know, to get a new offensive coordinator. But the problem is, you want Aaron Rodgers, a forty-year-old coming off a, an ACL tear, to learn a new offense? Does that even make sense? Like, what world does that make sense at this point of his career? I mean, if it's better for everybody involved. Wouldn't it make, he's probably smart enough to figure that out, right? <laughs> like you would think, because right now, I mean, they have it done just doesn't such make sense to learn a, a whole new offense. Poor job this season managing the cards they've been dealt. You look at Kevin Stefanski in Cleveland. Disaster. 
He has won four games. He has won games with four different quarterbacks this year. Kevin Stefanski has won games with four different quarterbacks. Deshaun Watson, Dorian Thompson, Robinson, uh, was it PJ Walker, and Mm -hmm. Joe Flacco. All those guys won a game in Cleveland this year. Jake Browning is winning in Cincinnati. Josh Dobbs won in Arizona and Minnesota. And I'm I'm not I'm only at the tip of the iceberg here. Backups have won games everywhere. And then there's the Jets, who had to turn it over to the former number two overall pick, and they have been a disaster. They went to Tim Boyle, they were a disaster. They went back to Wilson, they're a disaster. Like at some point, you can place all the blame you want on the quarterbacks. But Hackett, Salah, all these guys, when there are so many coaches finding ways to compete with backups, the Jets are there just packing it in on the season. It has been an absolute disaster. And it's not like they're that terrible. They do have a defense. They do have some weapons on offense. But let me tell you how a true narcissist thinks. Ready? All right. Yes. All those things you said, 100% true. But look at me. I can come in Uh. and fix everything. (laughs) I could come in with this coaching staff that you guys all think is a joke. This whole organization, which has been a laughing stock for much of the last, what? How many years? Is this year 12 or 13 they haven't made the playoffs? It's, oh. it's somewhat, something like that. I got We're two. Hold on, I got two in the back, uh, gentlemen. At least how many years, years in a row have you not been in the playoffs? And man, and, and Wilner, it just breaks their I, spirit. I, honestly, I think it's thirteen, but I can't keep up anymore. <laughs> I, I think it's also eight straight losing seasons. Like, so it's not even like like they can't even they they can't even get in the hunt. Like they haven't even sniffed the playoffs since. Uh, Todd Bowles' first season in like 2015. It's been yeah. like a so decade since in December, like one of the broadcast networks threw up the playoff graphic where it was like in the playoffs, um, playoff teams, wild card teams in the hunt. Like the Jets can't even get to the the far right category, which is in the hunt. <laughs> yeah, well, the true narcissist is like, you know who could fix that? Me. Yeah. I can fix that. <laughs> I'll solve I'm those problems. I'm the guy that can make all you look good. And that's what Aaron Rodgers is thinking he could do here. Next year, he comes in, everything's rosy, peachy. Back to where we were this past summer, where the Jets were about to go on this playoff. And people, remember the, I, I was telling people at the time, this was crazy. The, the people locally here in New York, Jets fans, I don't know if Wilner was part of this crew. If they don't make the Super Bowl, this season is a disappointment. That was literally a narrative going around. That existed. <laughs> It, it, hey, when you looked at the defense, the weapons, and the quarterback, they haven't made the play. There was an argument to be made. A dozen and, years. And then think about all the things that went wrong for so many of the other other AFC teams this year. What they could have done, maybe if he had stayed healthy. I, I would argue though, Rogers should come back for Week 18 just to break that stupid streak against the Patriots. They've lost like 15 in a row against New England. No, you got to keep that going. I think it's worth it just for him. Does to that come back. really matter that though? Yes. The Patriots are going to be three Jordan. and thirteen. <laughs> Jordan, they haven't been in the hunt in like fifth in like eight years in in December for the playoffs. Yes. It's going to make you happy Beating, to beat a three and thirteen yes. team. Yeah. That's going to give you some th- the I satisfaction. Might, I might pop champagne if they beat the Patriots. Oh, my God. <laughs> all right, what a all right. sad sorry. i got to bring an end to this conversation. A huge stamp of approval for one NFL quarterback who's been playing to keep his job. That's coming up next. He's Jordan Ronan. I'm Joe Fornball. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. 
passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Carlin versus Joe. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Hey, look at that. We won one yesterday. 1-0, one plus one unit. Overall, still down big. Got to make a comeback, so we're going to go one at a time, nice and slow to get back into this thing. NBA tonight, we're going to lay five with the Celtics over the Warriors. Celtics have been a freight train as of late. Eight and one over the last nine, during which time they're outscoring the opposition by 10 points per game. It's their first game on a four-game West Coast swing, so I figure you come out and you try to lay the wood early. Jason Tatum and... Why am I blanking on Brown's first name? Jalen? Jalen Brown. I'm looking at this right here. Jason Tatum, Jalen. I've said this 10,000 times. I covered him when he was at Cal. <laughs> I I'm like, why can I Holiday, not? Yeah, why can I not remember his first name? They should feast in the mid-range. The Warriors have really struggled defending the mid-range so far this season. No Draymond Green for the Warriors. Still trying to find out their locate their locate their. This is a disaster. Celtics minus five. If you listen to that, you're probably going to take Warriors plus five. Pizza. I'm doing the Tommy DeVito, by the way. What's it been like covering him? Crazy. Has it been fun? Yeah, like that yeah, locker room, so, I imagine, has to be. By the way, Jordan Ronan, Joe Fortenball, Carlin versus Joe ESPN Radio. Glad I could get that sentence out. <laughs> hey, it happens. <laughs> I froze on TV one time on, on the air and uh, to the point where my friend asked me if I had a stroke on the air. <laughs> so, and it was probably it was something you probably knew. You were probably well informed. It's not like you uh, got caught off yeah, guard, it's right? Just, you know, it's just a complete blank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's no there's no explanation for it. None. There's no explanation. Just happens. I screw it the pizza happens. monies up more than I screw up anything else. And these are things that are rehearsed. I have them written down. I've got notes. That's your, that's your wheelhouse, there, right you, there. You would think that I would be able to get those sentences <laughs> out, and yet I couldn't even remember Jalen Brown's first name, having covered his career for like a decade now from Super. It's Chargers. Right, Joe, you made it this far. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You made it this far. So somehow we fooled, we fooled, we fooled enough people. And we're here. <laughs> From superchargers, exhaust kits, we and here. more, eBay Motors has over 122 million parts to keep your ride or die alive. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that victory. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Fields back to pass. I'm 
top of the pocket. He rolls left. Time's run out. He's going to look. He's going to look. He's going to launch. It's going down into the end zone. Knock it down. The ball is intercepted. It's intercepted by the Browns. As DeAnthony Bell got it. He got it. Ball game over. Browns win. Browns win. 20 to 17. It's all over. I mean, wild finish. Fantastic radio call. Cleveland Browns Radio Network, wild finish. Where Mooney had the chance to catch the ball as it was redirected. It was right in his gut. If you look at a still shot of it, it's like, how did you not make the play? But obviously, happening in real time, far more difficult. Bears go down. I believe they just became the first team in NFL history to have a lead of 10 or more points in the fourth quarter and blow it three times. Yeah, they've blown some ridiculous games this year. They they just cannot get out of their own way. And now here we are having a conversation yet again about Justin Fields, the future of the Bears, and what they should do next. Bears wide receiver DJ Moore was in the locker room doing an interview. He was asked about Justin Fields in the future. He had this to say. Well, I don't know. Y'all asked me that, what, last week? Somebody asked me that last week. I'm still like, bro, where are y'all seeing this? Like, what, what makes him not the quarterback for the Chicago Bears right now? I get y'all got everybody coming out. What, it's like two of them? I don't think they better than Justin, so they cool. So there we have it. And that's great to have your wide receivers got your back. Because in some of these situations that the he wide receiver is frustrated. They, yeah, but sometimes, you, do? sometimes you've got guys that want to send their cryptic messages or they want to show their their De- Deontay Johnson has had no problems letting everyone in Pittsburgh know he he's just got, got a problem traded with there, though, DJ Moore. Yeah, this is true. his first year there. He's trying to build something. He doesn't want to go restart over. So, of course, he and then plus he's probably friends with Justin Fields. So, I mean, it just makes it's an easy thing. Do you think the organization shares the same sentiments? Like the decision makers there, do you think they feel the same way? They got some big questions coming up. They have two very high draft picks. It's a big, big-time quarterback draft class coming out. If you ride with Fields, you can build around them. If do you they ride with everybody on, there? That, well, that's what's interesting. How do you think it plays out? I don't really know. I mean, I, you look at some of their moves these past few years, a lot of their moves have not made sense. They've done things backwards. You know, they've they made the trade They they for, like, Montez Sweat. That's like a move, like... Why are you giving up assets? Why don't you just sign the guy in the in the offseason? Like right. the, the Giants did this once upon a time bat- backwards with uh, Leonard Williams, and he ended up as like the highest paid player in, in on defense in the NFL, basically. So I don't know. I, if I'm the Bears, I want to start over completely. Like I don't like the way they built the team. Uh, I'm not a big believer in just like what what is it that people have seen that you're like? Well, I I want to build my team around Justin Fields at this point. That's the thing. We're we're in year three. I mean, the completion percentage for his career is 60%. Like, he's not an accurate quarterback. He doesn't get QBR the— QBR is 42.5. Yeah, he commits a lot of turnovers. Holds he, the ball forever. He holds the ball way too long. He doesn't process information well. And then in this game against Cleveland, like we've seen time and time again— you got to go out and just win the damn game every now and again. No one's yeah. talking about you going 12 and 5, but like right there, you got a double digit lead late. Like, go win the game. If you're the quarterback, every now and again, make a couple big plays down the stretch and just put the opponent away. And I remember that final drive. I'm sitting there. And this is the drive before they were going down for the Hail Mary, where they had an opportunity to try to freeze out Cleveland, like kill the clock, get the ball down the field, maybe put some more points on the board, whatever it is, just win the game. And I think it was just like a wham, bam, three and out, Mm -hmm. where he just like whipped a couple balls down the sidelines. They had no plan. They had no rhyme or reason. They they, they, They looked like they had already lost the game. At some point, we're in year three. 
We can blame offensive lines, weapons, coaching, Doesn't front office. Weapons. I agree all with we that. Want. But, I mean, come on. But like some of these games, like go win the damn game, though. That was a winnable game against Joe Flacco. Go win the game. And 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 he couldn't. And now Here's, here we are, 60% completions for the career. You've got 29 interceptions in 35 career starts, a bunch of fumbles, a bunch of sacks taken. Yeah, you can run. Yeah, you can put up some numbers, but they need far more consistency out of that position. Yeah, here's the problem. He, like you said, we're already three years into this experiment, so the cheap labor is now gone, right? right. You, you have to make a decision. Either we're going to pay this guy soon or – we move on and, and do someone else go somewhere else. Now they're likely to have the number one overall pick. That opportunity doesn't come around very often. So the cost benefit of drafting a young quarterback is obviously huge. You want to restart that clock, and then the problem is, let's say, okay, we, we don't we decide we want to run it back with Justin Fields. You don't know for sure he's that guy. So why are you going to risk the future of your franchise on a guy you're still unsure about? I'd rather be unsure about a guy who I have four years at really cheap prices than a guy that I have to invest in soon, and I still don't know if he's the guy. It doesn't make sense. They're all great points. All great points. you got to ask whether or not you're going to bring back Eberflus. I mean, he's a defensive-minded guy. I don't know if you want a defensive-minded guy coaching up a young prospect like Caleb Williams. But at the same time, I mean, the Bears have been feisty the last few weeks. The defense has gotten better. But then you look at the wins. It's like, all right, they took out Carolina. They lost a competitive one against Detroit. They beat Minnesota. They beat Detroit. And then they lost this game against Cleveland. Like, they're in some of this. The second half of the season has looked so much better. But, again, it, it's I don't know if it's enough. I just don't. If this was year two of Fields or year one, fine. But year three, like, at some point, he's got to go out there and just win the damn game. Like, go make the play. I know it sounds so easy sitting here, but... If you're the franchise guy, it's got to happen on some of these occasions. He's Jordan Ronan. I'm Joe Fornball, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. The Bears may have to move on from head coach Matt Eberflus, but there are a bunch of other teams that have a similar decision to make with their head coach. That's coming up next, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. On Carlin versus Joe, we try to make questions as simple as possible. Do we look stupid or something? Because it really comes down to one thing in sports. Are you good? Yeah, this is not a show for intellectuals. We are the people's show. I already I like, like to tell people I'm not very smart. Yeah. That's not what we do around here. Smart is not our thing. So we like to simplify. 
Topic of conversation here. Are you good? That's it. Evan Wilner, producer extraordinaire, going to come on the show. Today's topic, are you good enough to keep your job? NFL head coaching hot seat edition. Evan, I turn the show over to you. Yeah, let's start with Robert Sala after Aaron Rodgers went on. The Pat McAfee show said he's going to play next season. He's going to play the year after. He gave a vote of confidence to Robert Sala and GM Joe Douglas. So, Jets head coach Robert Sala, are you good enough to keep your job, Joe? Oh, I wish we started with an easier one. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say they're going to move on. I think Salah had an opportunity here to keep that locker room together and try to at least make this a competent season, and it was anything but. There was dysfunction with Zach Wilson and the ins and the outs of the quarterback position. There are some games they could have won that lost. They've gotten blown out in some of these games. I'm sorry. It's just other teams have lost their starting quarterback, and they have not completely fallen off the way the Jets have. So I would say no. This is a tough one, though, Jordan. Well, I'm going to say, yeah, he's good enough because he brought in Aaron Rodgers this offseason, and that's why he's going to stay. Because he's sort of married and connected at the hip to Aaron Rodgers. He's 16-32 and 32 as the head coach of the Jets. So does he deserve another season on merit? No, three years, and when you're 16-32, and 32, should suggest it's time to move on. But when you have Aaron Rodgers coming back and everything the organization has done in the last 12 months has been centered around building around Aaron Rodgers, You don't want to shake things up, so he's good enough to be back. Arthur Smith, the Atlanta Falcons. Are you good enough to keep your job, Jordan? No, and I'm not even going to look up numbers. I'm going to tell you what tells me this. The eye test, okay? Fantasy owners of Bijan Robinson. Just the way he operates is just sometimes mind-numbing. And I could make a quitty pretty quick assumption of whether somebody is going to be successful or not successful. And to me, you could almost tell right away, this Arthur Smith's not it, man. Just not. I don't understand, and I agree with you, I don't understand how you can have Bijan Robinson, Drake London, Kyle Pitts, three very, very highly drafted prospects on the offensive side of the ball and never get them the ball. Every week, it's the same thing. Like, fantasy owners know this better than anyone. Arthur Smith has weapons everywhere, and he never gets them the ball. And I know it's easy to pin it on Ritter and Heineke and say the quarterback plays lousy, but just the touches and the targets, they're not even looking for these guys. You have three of them, and you're not even looking for them. I don't know why you would want to bring them back. Give him another quarterback, so what? He can continue to keep the ball away from three high-profile assets? No way. Doesn't Mike- even make sense. Mike Tomlin, are you good enough to keep your job, Joe? Yeah, yeah. Look, we've talked about Belichick in New England this year and like whether or not you give him another year when each of the last three years have been terrible. Tomlin's years have been solid. This one's a little bit below solid. Expectations were higher than they should have been because they pulled out a couple fluke wins they shouldn't have. Game against Cincinnati early in the year, game against Baltimore early in the year. So expectations were up, and then when they started losing, everyone started panicking. Roster's not that great. He is good enough to have at least one more year on the job, Jordan. Yeah, I mean, is 16 years of built-up equity not enough? I mean, come on, Mike Tomlin is not failing miserably. They're not just a complete disaster now. I get it. I was in Philadelphia when it was time to move on from Andy Reid. It had gotten stale. It had gotten to the point where you said, it isn't going to work. They had some bad seasons at the end. This isn't bad yet with Mike Tomlin. I still think there's hope that they could turn it around. They just need to reshuffle the pieces on offense. That includes quarterback. All right, you mentioned Bill Belichick, Joe. Bill Belichick, are you good enough to keep your job, Jordan? 
Oh, that's a tough one because is he good enough? Of course he is. He's probably the greatest coach to ever be on the sideline, at least in my lifetime. I think it's a slam dunk. But he's going to want to leave. So is he good enough to stay? Yes. But is he going to stay? No. So he's on the way out. It's basically, it seems like it's already done at this point uh, with the way you hear people around there talk about him. And it seems like he's checked out on top of everything else. And if Bill Belichick is checked out, you know he, you know he's already maneuvering his ne- his next spot. Because remember, Bill Belichick's the same guy that wrote on a napkin, I am no longer the HC of the NYJ. <laughs> Are you good enough to keep a job? Yes. Are you good enough to keep your job? No. It's just time to move on. It's, it's all the writings on the wall. No one needs to overthink anything about this process. Brady left. The Patriot way ended. Belichick, each of the last three years, the team has gotten worse and worse and worse. It happens. But now it's time for an organizational reboot, an organizational refreshing. And that means moving on to a new general manager, a new head coach, and a new way of doing business. Dennis Allen in New Orleans. Are you good enough to keep your job, Joe? Uh, no. I mean, if these are predictions, he's. Pr- I guess he's probably coming back, but no way, man. The, this, the Saints are an awful watch. They are an awful watch. They have covered, I think, four-point spreads all year, and I know that's not the end-all, be-all for the criteria, but for the love of God, watching them, they, what, what makes anyone think Allen has them headed in a good direction? Like, when they win games, they beat really bad teams, and then when they lose games, they lose to good teams, mediocre teams, and bad teams. I, I, that's got to be a changing the guard. I'm going to say he's good enough to stay. It's not like they're a Oof. bad team. I get it. They're boring as, as paint, you know, watching paint dry on a wall. But it's also not necessarily because he's a bad coach. I, it's because they haven't had a quarterback. And guess what? Derek Carr is not the answer either. Ron Rivera, are you good enough to... Okay. Scoff. <laughs> Todd Bowles. Hold on. I, I got one thing on Rivera. I'll say this. I was, my bowels were not in good shape during that game against the Rams. I laid the six and a half big. Okay. They're up 28-7. Rivera had been gambling all first half in terms of like going on fourth down, being aggressive. True Riverboat Ron. So then he puts in Jacoby Brissett. They immediately score and make it 28-14. Then he, Brissett gets the ball back. They immediately score again. It's 28-21. This is all you need to know But this is the key. As they're scoring the touchdown to make it 28-21, that's the spot to go for two, right? Go for two, and if you get it, you're down six. Down 14 test. Exactly. The down down 14 test. I'm sitting there going, oh, my God. Rivera's going to go for it. He's been aggressive all game. They're going to get it. I'm I'm not going to cover the six and a half because I'm only going to be up six, and the Rams are just going to run the clock out and what ends up happening he kicks the extra point but it ends up getting blocked even He's worse out. they took even worse they took 10 plays to score they're going in the huddle oh my god he is, he is he's just awful he's been awful for years he is the most overrated coach of the last decade he had one big year with a roster that he inherited just no Fraudulent nickname too, Riverboat Ron. He's won. He plays super conservative. Yeah, he's won NFL Most Coach of the Year twice. Name. Believe it or not, I don't know how. <laughs> we got really fired up for that one. <laughs> Let's just put a full circle on the NFC South. Make sure we get to all four coaches. <laughs> Todd Bowles, are you good enough to keep your job, Joe? Oh boy. Um, yeah, I want to say no. 
No, oh, I like Bulls. I think Bulls, division. Bulls is a bet. Listen, winning that division doesn't mean anything. That's like me finding a way to eat dinner tonight. Like, you yeah. would not have picked them to win the division at the beginning of the season. They, that is a terrible division. It is still wouldn't that, have picked them to win the division, and you knew the division was terrible. No, I wouldn't have. I don't think I. I think in you all the analysis, have. I did not ever make the case for yeah. them. I thought Baker's been pretty good this year. I don't know if they win. Listen, if they win and they win a playoff game, okay. But if they get into the playoffs and then they get waxed by forty, were you really in the playoffs? No, you were just sparring meat. I'm not I'm not look I'm not saying I think he's ultimately a great coach but if you make the playoffs in your two years as a head coach how are you going to fire the guy it just feels like that organization ha- isn't headed in the right direction but, but that's to, not him to, they're to, just where are they where are they at right now to your, spot. to your point they've been competitive this year it's not like you hear about dysfunction coming out of Tampa Bay so he's done a decent job he's done a better job than I think most people thought he was going to do this year myself included so they I sacrificed their credit. soul for the Super Bowl nothing I'm, wrong with that I basically was trying to fire everybody there I'm not sure that's necessarily <laughs> the most prudent approach when I talk about patience for all these organizations Carlin versus Joe presented by Progressive Insurance insurance for motorcycles boats and RVs for protection on the road and on the water see how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and progressive.com has the script been flipped on the value of the running back position you remember those conversations from this past summer that's coming up next he's jordan ronan i'm joe fortenball this is carlin versus joe on espn radio sirius xm channel 8 this is the carlin versus joe podcast on espn radio Complete back in football. It's just a matchup nightmare. Who's the best running back in the game? I am. Hand off McCaffrey into the end zone. I'm not going to sit here and give MVP talk, but Christian McCaffrey is one of the best running backs in the entire league. It's amazing. The maturation of some of these conversations we have in sports talk radio. He's Jordan Ronan. I'm Joe Fortenball. Carlin versus Joe ESPN Radio. We're brought to you by Progressive Insurance. You go back to this summer. In the buildup to the start of the 2023 season, there are a lot of conversations people are having on Sports Talk Radio. One of them was about the value of the running back position. If you remember, there were two high-profile cases regarding Saquon Barkley of the New York Giants and Jonathan Taylor of the Indianapolis Colts, both who were looking for long-term contracts, big money. Josh Jacobs, I should remember that one as well with the Las Vegas Raiders. The franchise tag was in play. And we have a variety of players. Austin Eckler came out and talked about how the position was devalued and how that's not true. It shouldn't be framed that way. And Jordan, here we are. It's almost poetic that after spending all that time talking about whether or Mm -hmm. not the position was overvalued, devalued, misvalued, here comes Christian McCaffrey at that position of the San Francisco 49ers on the best team in the business. And he's currently 12 to one to win the most valuable player. Should award. be the favorite. You think he should be the favorite? I do. I Why do. is that? Would you vote for him right now? If you could, I would, I mean, he's got 20 touchdowns. He's the, the guy that drives that offense, but yet I'm still going to tell you why it's a bad, why you don't pay a running back. Why is that? Because it's, it's just a bad investment, right? Because it's a, we're not arguing if it's a valuable position. It is a valuable position. The problem is it's a bad investment because how about all those other guys you just named? Saquon Barkley missed games because of injury. Josh Jacobs hasn't had a very good year, right? Austin Eckler, who is looking for a contract this offseason, missed games because of injury. Jonathan Taylor missed games because of injury. Yeah, if you stay healthy and everything goes right and he's on a perfect situation and a perfect team, then then ideally you would pay the guy. But there's just... 
guys get injured too much. It's too much of a volatile position. And also, Christian McCaffrey is different than all those guys we just named. He's he's a you're you're signing at when you get signed Christian McCaffrey, a running back and a wide receiver. He's at a different level of a pass receiver as everybody else. He has 509 yards receiving. He's going to have over 2,000 total yards. None of those guys have ever had two, over 2,000 total yards, and it will ever get close. By the way, so he's the exception, not the rule. Exactly, I believe so. You don't you don't think? I don't. You're not going to find him in a draft every year. I mean, and 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 the thing on top of it is to get him into the system that he's in is the absolute perfect marriage. Right. He's it's playing like, for a the guy. Nuts, who like, you know, they call knows, it when you're playing cards. Yeah, he's playing for a guy who knows how to utilize every fiber of his exceptional talent at every turn. I mean, Kyle Shanahan is going to take a guy like that and get more out of him than anyone possibly could. Here's McCaffrey himself, 49er running back on the Let's Go. Podcast with Tom Brady, Larry Fitzgerald, and Jim Gray on SiriusXM. You know, I don't get into all the award stuff, but even being in the conversation is an honor, and specifically for that reason and the timing of it with you know running backs and and some of the stuff. And and I think when you look at the history of the NFL and and running backs and where we're at now, every position other than a couple at some point has kind of had their dips as far as the market goes. And part of it is just fighting against the, the franchise tag and, and fighting against different things going on around the league. I mean, he's sitting in the company right now of four quarterbacks who are ahead of him to win the MVP award, followed by a quarterback, a quarterback, <laughs> a quarterback, and a wide receiver. One quarterback who's ahead of him I find interesting, Josh Allen at 10-1. to 1. I mean, I thought we were at the point where Josh Allen wasn't even a franchise quarterback. That was a sports talk radio conversation yeah, a few weeks ago. And now all of a sudden he's 10 to 1, more valuable than Christian McCaffrey. Where do you side on the McCaffrey-Purdy conversation in terms of who's more valuable to that offense? Because right now Brock it's Purdy is an odds-on minus 215 favorite, which means you have to risk $215 to win $100 on yeah. him to win the MVP. I don't know. I just feel like that offense is Christian McCaffrey's offense. Like, it's run around him. And Brock Purdy's, I don't want to say a game manager because he's been awesome this year. Yeah. He he's been really good. Uh, exceeded, I don't care how optimistic you are, he exceeded all expectations. But at the same time, as he did, his struggles did come in that three game losing streak when some of those big pieces weren't there and healthy, right? Debo is banged up. Trent Williams was banged up. And then all of a sudden, Brock Purdy's effectiveness dipped. I don't think that's a coincidence, whereas Christian McCaffrey is going to be dominant no matter who's around him. I don't know. It, it, it's definitely a tough one. Where do you stand? Who would, Handicapping. If I you a vote. By the way, I don't have a vote. Just saying. Neither do I. If I did, I wouldn't be able to talk about it the way I like to talk about it. But that's neither here <laughs> nor there at the moment. So, Who would you vote for? When it comes to awards like this, okay. you don't necessarily handicap the player. You handicap the voters. You have to understand the mindset of the voters and mm -hmm. the procedure of the voters before you invest any money into something like this or even try to predict right. it. Here's what I mean by that. They Last always pick year, quarterbacks, so then yeah. that's why the odds of a quarterback. Quarterbacks of a one or a two seed yeah. is, is kind of how they lead. Look at the NBA last year. Nikola Jokic was, without a shadow of a doubt, the most valuable player. It mm -hmm. wasn't even close. But late in the season, there was a two-week stretch at the end of the year where Embiid played extraordinarily well, Jokic took a few games off, and the voters decided that they had had enough, that they were going to take it into their own hands and they were going to say, we don't think Jokic deserves the distinction of being a three-time MVP winner, as in three in a row. Because I think there's a couple guys who have done that going way back. I don't know if it's like Magic, Larry, Wild, I don't know, Bill Russell. I have no idea. 
but I know there's only a couple guys that are in that rarefied air, and the voters took it upon themselves to say, no, we are not bestowing that upon him. We're going with Embiid. And the second after they did that, Jokic went out and demonstrated every night during the playoffs how (laughs) damn valuable he is, while Embiid wilted, did nothing, and got run out of the playoffs like he does every single year. And by the way, anyone who's paying attention to the Sixers this year, as much as I love them, Embiid and the Sixers love to beat up on inferior competition, and then when they step up against teams that have a 500 record or better, they really struggle. Keep an eye on that throughout the course of the year. Here's the thing, and you're kind of touching on it there. It's always like... The MVP, in my opinion, always goes by. It's not who really the best player is and most valuable player. It's who exceeds what your expectations are at the beginning of the year, right? Kobe Bryant should have won the MVP like seven straight years. Right. Mahomes should have like five of them. Yeah. Mahomes should win the MVP pretty much every year, right? He's a better player and more valuable to his team than Brock Purdy. Like, how bad would the Kansas City Chiefs be if Patrick Mahomes wasn't there? Right. But because we have this expectation level set for a guy like Patrick Mahomes, we're not going to give him the MVP because this is probably below his average season. So unless you exceed the expectations, you're not going to get that, you know, you're not going to get those votes for MVP. So that's kind of, I think, what we're looking at here. Like Christian McCaffrey, yeah, we expect him to be awesome. Brock Purdy, he's exceeded our expectations. See, I I think voters look for an opportunity to do something that makes them look smart, for a lack of a better way to put that. Because these votes come out, and then you see how often have we seen Hall of Fame voters just get crushed for them some of their decisions? We see mm-hmm. some of these guys where, like, the voting process is give us your first, second, and third option, and you see some ridiculous names that make it into like two or three. I think that voters look for opportunities where they can maybe show how smart they are. And we saw that a few years ago with Devontae Smith and the Heisman Trophy. It was an opportunity where it was like, well, you know, Mac Jones has put up big numbers, but they have great receivers on this offense, and a lot of other guys have kind of struggled at the position. This would be a fun year to give it to someone who isn't a quarterback. We don't always give this award to quarterbacks, so they voted for a wide receiver. I think this is the year that they were looking to go with Tyreek Hill. He got hurt. He missed a couple games here. I think this is an opportunity where some people are going to want to play McCaffrey. I think 12-1 to is appealing. Let's see what happens. The The Bills win out, and they have an easy schedule, except and they win, beat the Dolphins. They're going to end up winning the division. If Oof. they have the Chargers, the Patriots, and the Dolphins, Josh Allen will win the MVP. Allen didn't do anything in that Cowboy win, though. That was all But cooked. if he plays well that in the final three games and they beat the Dolphins and win the division, he's going to lead the league in touchdowns. He's going to – total touchdowns, he's going to win the MVP. You, that's that's where you go, huh? That's, that's it's hey, you're hot. Recency bias is a very big factor. It what is. happens late in the season will influence it more than what happens at the beginning of the season. Handman, you're trying to give me a count here. I can see you panicking. He's like staring at the clock, like oh, I gotta get this. This was guy. fun, though, Joe. It was. Jordan, you were fun. fantastic. He's Jordan Ronan. I'm Joe Fordenball. This is Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Carlin versus Joe weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app. The Carlin versus Joe podcast.